So we'll go to Philippians, the book of Philippians, and finish this thought that I've begun some just a couple weeks ago um, in this matter of our tongue and sowing discord and how to operate and things like that. We looked at the negative side of that uh, before, um, and then now we kind of looked at what we should be doing on the positive side. Uh, it's not enough just not to use it in a bad way. You need to use it in the right way, uh, your tongue. And there's some things you can do in these situations that we looked at. Uh, we looked at how to cut it off quickly and not let it go too far. Uh, hear the whole story before judging a matter. Speaking with purpose. We try to speak with the intent and the purpose in our heart to edify one another, right? To build up and aid in Christian progress. And we got to keep that on our heart. I've asked God to keep that on my mind. And uh, as I mature and grow in the Lord, I, wanna, I want my speech to be able um, to be on my heart at least when I'm talking, uh, that I talk with purpose. Not just giving out information to hurt people, um, but it's not, it's, not, it's not causing trouble to, just to, to tell the truth, to, um, to tell people things that they need to know. Uh, but if you're not speaking with any purpose and you're just getting information out to hurt people, that is damaging and that is wrong. Uh, but if you'll speak to the edification, uh, and, uh, and that is always in your intent and your heart, is to build up and aid in Christian progress. Uh, I've run that about as far as I can in my mind. And the best I can tell, I've not hit a stopping point yet. So just keep that in your heart and mind as you're speaking. Try to remember to, to aid in the Christian progress in somebody or just be quiet, like Brother Sammy said. Study to be quiet. Uh, I could use that. Proverbs 16, we looked at the pleasant words and speaking to the edification. Uh, we looked in Ephesians at uh, that same thought of keeping our uh, speech with uh, seasoned with salt and uh, grace. And then Romans, we uh, ended with seeking to honor others and not getting honor. So seeking to show honor and not seeking to get honor. Uh, honoring and honor, preferring one another. And so here in Philippians chapter 2, we'll look at chapter 2. We've got just a few more verses to go, and we'll be in chapter 1 and go to some other verses. But we'll look at quite a few verses here, and we'll start in verse number 1. I don't have that outlined for you. I just want to work down through the verses and look at them uh, the best that I can. The best that I can read my notes here. Uh, but we're going to look in chapter 2 of Philippians in verse 1. If there be any consolation in Christ... If any, uh, if therefore, excuse me, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the saints, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, and he's going to give us that lowly mind. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And so uh, this is saying here, if we look at verse number 3, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Let nothing be accomplished uh, through those kind of means. Um, I've seen pastors often when they uh, propose something in a church situation, if, uh, if it upsets some people, they'll generally just back off of it uh, because they don't want to accomplish something through strife. And that's a lot of wisdom um, in our homes, in our churches, that we just don't, nothing should be accomplished um, to the, um, that word vainglory, we, I think I mentioned it some earlier, but this is empty or vain, worthless pride. 
um, uh, some people want things done just to show that they were right in it, right? That's not a good idea to do anything just because of your pride. So that's vainglory. And then obviously strife and contention. You try not to accomplish anything uh, through strife and vainglory. And he said, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. So uh, this is, uh, if we'll think about this mind, now the, it will be seen in our actions, and he proves it on down through there with the Lord. Uh, but this is the attitude that you go into situations with, right? And so if, you're, if you have a lowly mind, and uh, let's see if I have uh, esteem, is to deem, to consider, to suppose, to think, judge, to, to estimate, or to set value. So if I set your value at better than me, that will avoid a lot of strife. That handles the vainglory because I've humbled myself, right? But then the strive, it'd be hard to have a whole lot of strive uh, unless um, uh, you are uh, battling over who gets to go. You know, I've seen people uh, do that. About, you know, they kind of almost, uh, uh, each one of them wants to show honor and humility. Uh, me and Brother Reed did it. He was going to walk behind me and I said, no, I want you to go first. And he kept going back and I kept going back. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing uh, that you do, uh, who's going to hold the door and who gets to go through first? We ought to have that kind of spirit, you know. And uh, so anyhow, so in, in loneliness of mind, if this is a mindset that we have to get in our mind, and this is very difficult because when you get into contentious situations and you get things that have gone wrong and things that someone has wronged you about or things somebody's wronged someone you love, um, you get that stuff will start building in your mind. That's where it's almost worse than the situation itself. And you'll get that thing in your mind where you're so bitter at that person and you're so angry and so mad at that person uh, that you have to really guard and take care of your mind. And so uh, you have to, in lowliness of mind, each esteem other better than themselves. And you say, well, uh, what if they did so wrong? That's not really true that they're really not better than me. Well, uh, they, may be, they may be terribly wrong in what they've done. I'm not saying that the Bible says lowly, you know, have a lowly mind and just forget they ever did anything and act like they didn't do nothing. I didn't say that. Uh, but what we can have the mind of is say, you know what? Uh, I probably would have done a lot worse in that situation if the truth be known. You know, I'm, I'm just as bad as anybody to be able to let my mouth run and say things I shouldn't say. So uh, God forbid that I should get mad at somebody else when they get upset. You see, that kind of, that kind of uh, thought, just a lowliness of mind, esteem others better than yourself. And if you go into these situations that you get in and be more concerned about others than you are yourself in the situation, you'll get some help. But what always happens is we want our own retribution. Right? We want to be justified that we're right and they're wrong. And we want everybody to know it too. Now don't look at me like that. You teenagers even know what I'm talking about. You get these little situations and these little spats. And, and uh, I'm going to say this. I didn't realize how bad it was in, in you ladies. But don't think, and, and young teenage girls, i never seen likes of such in all my life. But um, uh, grown men pastoring churches aren't a whole lot better. And so we all have this tendency to want to be right and want to be proven right. 
And so what we have to do is get in our mind and just have a, have a, uh, uh, a um, what's the Bible say, uh, that uh, we should be uh, uh, renewed in our mind, you know. And uh, so let's just step back and pause for a minute. And in lowliness of mind, let's try to esteem everybody else better than ourselves. And it causes a lot of problems when you, when you think you and yours is better than anybody. I, I know people that um, they'll go around and, and uh, they've said this to me personally and said things like, well, I'm not going to join that church because they've got such and such going on over there. Or I'm not going to go, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm too good for that somehow, you know. And uh, you got to be careful about that kind of thing, you know. And um, I've heard preachers stand up, be careful what you say. I've heard preachers get up and stand up and say, uh, my kids will never do that. And what do their kids do? Boy, we got to be careful. Is that right, Brother John? Be careful. I'll never let my kids do that. Wait till you're fighting two or three 16-year-olds. Nobody's got the answers like a young couple that ain't never had a kid. They got all the answers how you're supposed to raise yours. Amen. And then you get on the other side of it and you forget what it's like to have five of them running around and you can't keep nothing straight. And you think to yourself, as you get on the other side and you get beyond that, you think, why can't they get them kids under control? Well, how about you come stay with me for a week and help? Unless I kick one of them, I don't know how I'm going to help any of them, but, you know. And we, so we should just, we should be understanding of people's situations. I, I, I used to get fairly upset uh, at times when people uh, would be late to church, and that would upset me a little bit, you know, just in my own thought life and think that. And, uh, um, and then I started to remember what it's like uh, trying to get four or five kids ready in the morning. And I'm not making excuses. We ought to stride to our bed. Uh, pro- on time's probably late, if, I, if it's the truth. And I'm guilty as anybody in here sometimes uh, because if I come in here too early and get to talking, I'll forget everything I've studied. So I cannot get in here. I'll stay with you till 12 o'clock if you want to stay. Uh, but before the service, I just can't do it. And uh, so uh, we need to be careful uh, about how we, uh, uh, you know, judge other people for things. Try to, try to see it from their position, what they've been through. You know, a man been working hard all day and the wife been doing things all day and trying to get five kids ready and trying to get six, seven kids ready and get them to church on time. And, you know, let's just try to be understanding with people. You know, that kind of thought. Now, I don't know of anything like that that goes on. I'm just throwing out things that come up to my mind here. Um, but just little situations that you think about in people's lives and uh, just think about how you can how, how, how you probably wouldn't do much better if you were in their shoes. And uh, you know, try to be understanding and lowly. This is the, 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 the mind that he's wanting here is in lowliness of mind, I've got to esteem you in my mind better than me. And that will help me not to mistreat you. And that will help me to go into situations uh, um, thinking, uh, you know, this is not about me getting a resolution. I need, I need to protect my brother. I need to help my brother. Always thinking about others is the mind he's wanting in us. And us to be humble in ourselves. We're not nearly as spiritual as we think we are. Right? Because uh, the problem is, a lot of times, we've just not been put to the test in a matter. I've seen people think they're, man, you would have thought uh, they were the char- next uh, John Wesley. They were the next Charles Spurgeon. And they face just a, a little opposition as far as I know today. They're not even going to a fundamental church and not even preaching anymore. But they spent five or six years telling everybody how bad they were doing and how they were raising their kids wrong. We just need to be careful about how we do things, don't we? And just try to be careful. And lowliness of mind, esteem each other better than ourselves. And, um, um, 
trying to think about others in situations. And that's what he, he's saying here, uh, to, to set their value. Um, I, I don't understand this kind of idea. Um, and I'm going to go into this as, as quick as I can. I, what I, what I want to get to, now, I don't understand this idea uh, that other people don't matter. I don't know how that got into a lot of fundamentalism somewhere. I've heard even people say that, um, you know, say things like, well, if I do something wrong, it's nobody else's business. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Sure, it's our business. We love you. It's your family's business. It's your mom and dad's business. It's your wife's business. It's your children's business. It's the deacon's business. It's my business, right? Because I'm supposed to be not looking upon only my own things, but on the things of others, right? Now, it's not my business to meddle in it and judge you and make your life harder for you. That's true. Uh, but to a degree, it is our business, isn't it? We're sure supposed to be caring for each other. I don't, I don't understand this idea that nobody, else, nobody else's opinion, nobody else's feelings matter. You know, if you think about uh, you getting these situations like that, you know, every, everybody else, nobody in here is more valuable than anybody else. I don't care what their title is. Uh, you're just as valuable in this church as anybody else. You, you were bought with the same blood. It didn't take any more blood to redeem anybody else. We were all worth the same. Amen. About that much. Amen. Right? Amen. God didn't get no prize when he got you. About what you might think about it. So we all were worth about the same. And that ain't nothing. When a man thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So we all just need to come with this mind. I'm nothing, but I'm more, I'm more nothing than you're nothing. <laughs> and I'm, I might be a little better than him. I don't know about the pastor's kids. But no, right? I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm no better than you. You're no better than me, right? And we're supposed to humble ourselves under each other. And that's the way uh, he's laying this out first. Okay, so fulfill you my joy. I want you to be like-minded in that. So if everybody has that idea uh, that that we are esteeming each other uh, better than than ourselves, and that's not necessarily something you have to say, well, you're better than me. I heard people say that, and I understand what they're saying. And I've I've said it before, he's a better man than I am. But that ought to be in our mind, not just something we say. We ought to really believe that. And then in honor, what we show in the expression of that mind is in honor, seeking to honor you before I get honor to myself. And that's uh, the first part of this. So let nothing be done through strife or vainglory and loneliness of mind. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And I'm, I know this doesn't usually go as well, uh, but I want to read this because I think this is important in our day. We are seeing uh, people really lose their um, care for God church. We, and, and I've mentioned it here, and you all know it. We've mentioned ourselves. Uh, there's a lot of me, self, and I that goes on in the average Christian life. And there's little concern or care for the church, Amen. right? It used to matter if you offended the church. It used to be something you could say. That don't even exist much anymore. I'm an island to myself, and I do what I want to, and everybody else can get over it. Well, I don't know where you got that, but you didn't get it out of the Bible, Right? No man's an island to himself, and no, no Christian has the right to live unto themselves. You're supposed to be looking on people's, on the other things of others. You're supposed to be watching out for me, not just for yourself, but you ought to be considering me. Thinking about, uh, well, Brother Clint. Uh, and and uh, so, uh, let's, let, let me read this to you. Uh, um, I wrote this part of it. But no one is at liberty to live for themselves. We should evidence a tender interest for the happiness of the whole and let the welfare of others lie near our hearts. 
Now, I re this is, I think, Barnes. I'm not sure. I didn't write down who did it because I did it uh, a little bit ago. But I want to read this to you, okay? So just bear with me. We are to feel the spiritual interest of everyone in the church is to a degree our own interest. Say it again. We are to feel the spiritual interest of everyone in the church is to a degree our own interest. Right? Each of us are entrusted with a portion of the honor of the whole. Okay with that? So everybody ought to feel that it's their responsibility to a degree to have a spiritual interest in every other person in the church. Now I believe that with everything in me. And then at the same time it said we're all trusted with a portion of the honor of the whole. Does that make sense? Uh, what he's saying there is uh, the, the, uh, uh, the name of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle, we're all entrusted, not just me the preacher, we're all entrusted with a portion of the name and the honor of this church when it's, when it's looked upon and by the world. Amen. We're all entrusted with that. And uh, nobody ought to come into our church and be shocked that, oh, they go to church here? Oh, that shit, that's not good. Right. They shouldn't be shocked at all that you come here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So they, uh, we all are entrusted and uh, when we go out there uh, to live in a manner. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to put this above this. And I, I'm telling you, I am for dressing as right as you can dress. But goodness gracious, please don't go out here and be mistreating people and tell them you go here. Right? Let's put that number one. Let's make sure we evidence a spirit of Christian character and love towards other people. Please make that the forefront. When somebody thinks about this church, I want them to know that we try to strive to perfect holiness. I'm not ashamed of that here. Are y'all ashamed of that? I'm not ashamed that I've got standards in my life. I'm not pushing them off on nobody else. But I'm not ashamed that I'm trying my best to live up to the, the expectations of Jesus Christ. And I don't have a problem expecting you to live that way if you claim to be saved. Amen. And join the church. And remember here, there's a certain expectation you have and to have good Christian character and have the interest of others and have love and care and compassion in your heart for other people. So if you're going to fail somewhere from your pastor, please don't fail in loving other people or tell them you go somewhere else. Amen. I'm just kidding. Please don't lie. Just don't say anything and I'll be better. Is that okay? That's okay, I believe here. I think Brother Jones has been that way uh, as far as I know. And I think we agree about it. Any man that I know of a preacher I agree with and how he believes and thinks on something, we're like-minded in a lot of these ways. And uh, I can tell you, I'd much rather somebody say, oh, you mean you got somebody down there that wears britches? Yeah, 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 we do. And if that's our worst problem, woo! Hallelujah! But do you mean to tell me you got those really wicked people? You mean you've got people down there? Yeah, we do. But I'll tell you one thing. Boy, they love people. They care about people. They're not trying to hurt anybody. They're trying to aid your Christian progress. They're trying to see sinners saved. Hallelujah. I'll say you better believe they belong here and I'm proud to have them. Now, that don't mean I'm promoting does anybody in here not know how my family believes when it comes to dress? 
I think everybody in here probably knows where my family, I hope you do. I hope I've evidenced that in my life. I mean, my wife so has it in her heart, and this does not make her a better person at all. But since, I, since I've been saved, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you but one time, and I won't tell you the situation, it'll be too funny, we'll get off track. Not one time does she even sleep in a pair of, of, of uh, pants. We sleep in them. Does that make her better than you? No, it doesn't. But that's how we believe. And that's what works for us. Everybody okay with that? Does that make anybody mad? And you know what I find out? Have I come to any one of you all and gave you a dress code to make sure you live and talk and walk a certain way out there or I'm going to punish you somehow? I'd be pretty sure Brother Jones hadn't done you that way. Now, Brother Reed's going to have to dress right. He's a deacon here. But, and Brother Nathan's a preacher. Hey, I'm for it, folks. I want you to have the highest standards you can possibly set. I'm for it. Just don't mistreat everybody else that don't meet up where you think they ought to be. That's the only problem that I have. I'm not, I am not, not going to adjust one single standard about what this church has always stood for and what I've stood for. But just don't mistreat others. I think that's where the problem is. It's not that people uh, don't, can't handle the standards. We've, we, we've seen the Mennonites and, and uh, the Church of God. Uh, I mean, there's a, a church in Maryville. About every one of them apostolic women dress like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think it's that much. I think what, what gets us sometimes is how we look down upon and mistreat others that don't meet up to some standard that we've set. That's where I have a problem. See, I can deal, and I think Jesus bore this out in his own earthly ministry. I can deal much more with somebody and, and somebody that's struggling with something. Let's say a man is dealing with, uh, can I use men for a while? The ladies get so tense and, and uh, they're used to it by now. And I've left y'all alone for a while, so get over it. But uh, let's say a man's struggling with smoking. You don't, think, you don't think a Christian smokes cigarettes, do you? Sure they do. Would it trouble you to know Ray Bearden smoked cigarettes for years and he was preaching the Word of God? Sure it can happen. It don't put you in hell, just make you get there. I mean, get, just make you, what, what did that man say? Make you smell like you've been there. That's what, that's what he said. And... Uh, and uh, so let's take a man like that who's dealing with things like that. Hey, I can deal with that a lot easier than I can deal with somebody uh, and, how, and, and how you operate and how it affects others. And I think the Lord looks at things that way too. It's one thing for you to have a problem and you're dealing with that in your heart and you're struggling with that and you're praying, God help me with this. And God help me. It's quite another thing when you start hurting other people. Right? Don't get into that situation. And uh, uh, y'all know how this church believes. Uh, on, on things and uh, if you don't you can come see me and I'll be happy to tell you uh, but uh, I tell you what will hurt me and grieve me more and cause me uh, to deal with something a whole lot quicker is how you treat other people it's one thing you come and say, Pastor, I wish you'd pray for me. I'm struggling with this thing. I'm dealing with lust or I'm dealing with some kind of this or that. And I, I want God to help me. And I'm broken about this thing. And I'm trying to get help. I'll go 10,000 miles with you. 
But when you start when you start beating down other people and you start mistreating God's people and you act like they're nothing and you misuse them and you mistreat them and you bash them for how they're not meeting up to some standards you've set in your life and you make them feel belittled and you make them feel lower or lesser important or you make them feel not as spiritual as you are or however it is that you treat them. That makes me a whole lot want to want to deal with something a whole lot quicker than somebody just dealing with some sin in their life. See, that's where that lowliness of mind esteeming others better than ourselves. That doesn't mean what they're doing is right. And I'm going to say it because I think everybody in here, I think it's wrong for a lady to expose her thighs or expose her breasts. Now, I'm shoulder to shoulder, neck to knee. That's how I believe it ought to be covered up, just covered up. And uh, uh, I just think it's just right. I'm not going down the ankle. I mean, I, I don't really, you know, it, but I, I'm for all of that. Please believe me. I am for that. And my family's going to be for that. And I'm not going to change that position. But I refuse to mistreat other people who don't have the exact same standards as I do. I'm not going to mistreat them. Right. And we can't do that either. I don't want people to feel like they can't come in here and be comfortable and try to get right with the Lord and try to get help from the preaching and people look at them and, oh, can you, I can't believe how they're, hey, listen, why don't you just take that home and pray about it? Please don't let somebody hear you talking about that. I'll throw you out before I would them. Woo! Right, be good to people and love them. That doesn't mean I'm for a bunch of ungodliness. I'm not for it. But I sure don't want to hurt anybody. I want to aid in their Christian progress. And you know what I find out? When you love them, I know of a young man right now uh, who uh, I heard people smart off and say, well, uh, he'll never last over there because he's got long hair. I've heard them say that. And you know what I found out? I found out they had a whole lot more love in his, and he had a whole lot more love in his heart than they had in their heart. And you know what he did? He just cut his hair. Far as I know, nobody made him. He just loved people and loved God, just wanted to do right. When I got saved, you know what I wanted to do? I just wanted to do right. If you preach against colored shirts, I didn't want to wear them. Everybody okay? I know some people, they don't have the exact same standards, but I tell you this much, they'd never offend you if you do. Boy, I like that kind of spirit. Let's have that kind of spirit. Now, understand me. I, ho- I don't care if you wear a veil over your face down to your tippy toes. Praise the Lord for it. <laughs> I'm serious. If I get any uglier, I'm going to put a veil on my face. <laughs> right? But let's love people. It's all right to have a high standard. Don't let nobody tear you down and say, well, you know, make you, belittle you and make you feel lesser. I know some people uh, right now who have a, who, I, I just had this in my heart. My pastor never one time made me wear a suit to get in the pulpit. Never, never. I just wanted to do it. I got that in my heart. God put that in my conviction, that conviction in my heart. Like he put uh, dresses uh, and skirts on my wife's heart. Nobody made me. I don't even know that I ever heard it preached that a preacher had to wear, you know, his priestly garments in the pulpit. I never heard it. But I've seen these men of God do it. And I was following their standards, so I wanted to do that. And hey, you know what I you know what what it is now? Now they they accuse me and you of putting these high standards on people, and I ain't never done that one time in my life. In fact, my pastor, when I got off work, would tell me to get up there and preach, and I couldn't hardly do it because I wasn't in a suit. I told him no. My brother Jeff didn't care. I mean, I didn't do it on purpose. I had to work late. He said, get up there and preach. 
Why won't you? That doesn't matter, Brother Clinton. I said, Brother Jeff, that's just my heart. I just can't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. That didn't make me no better than anybody else. In fact, maybe worse. I ought to be able to preach the Word of God in anything nearly, you know. But uh, I just had that conviction. Why would you want to hurt me over that conviction? And why in the world would I want to tear your convictions out of your heart to try to... And so what they, here's what they do. And I talked to this to some with our young people. Here's what they do. And so they'll attack me and you and say, well, they got all these real high standards and they make you dress like this and I can't believe you go down there and how they treat. Give me one instance, number one, where that's happened. That's a bunch of junk that people talk about. That ain't never happened as far as I know. And, uh, but uh, but uh, they'll say all that stuff because they don't want to do it and they just like to blame it on somebody else. And uh, so they just throw all that stuff out there and they say all that. And uh, as far as I know, I ain't never one time made any preacher wear anything when he gets to the pulpit. I ain't never done that. But then you know what they do? They turn around and they're the ones that have the dress code. You know what they tell you? You need to look more like the world so people will hear you better. They're not going to hear you. I don't know how many times in my ministry I've heard people tell me that they will not hear me if I go out dressed like this. They won't receive me because I'm in a suit. So you need to look like them. Oh, so you need me to put on your dress code. I should attack them for it. Make no mistake about it. Every church in this county has a dress code. Every one of them. Who's uncomfortable, real uncomfortable? Anybody? So you know what? How about we do this? Since everybody's got their own opinion, why don't we just turn to the Bible and just read the Bible and let the Bible tell us what to do? And you go to God and ask God and then put it in your heart. I know people right now that are praying at God about what to do in matters of dress. We ought to pray for them. Pray for them. You know, I mean, hey, there's some clear lines that are drawn in the Scripture, uh, but then there's a whole lot of other areas in people's lives that we're not supposed to be judging scruples and matters that are not. So, uh, so uh, uh, you know, if you follow the clear uh, direction of the Bible and you don't get, don't get your convictions from anybody else, get it from the Bible. It'll stick with you if you do it that way. See, if you try to dress a certain way to impress me or a certain way to fit into the church, or certain way, I, I'm okay with that to a degree. I mean, I appreciate that humility of wanting not to hurt anybody and all that. But it won't last long because once you get mad at me, you'll quit doing it. You see, young people, same thing. Your parents have that expectation for you. If you don't get it in your heart and see it in this Bible, young men, do you want a wife? Do you believe that? Do you want a wife to dress this way? Don't do it just because your daddy believes it. You need to get in the Word of God get that in your heart. Because you're going to face some things that are going to shake all this stuff. And you need to have it purely founded upon the Word of God. And say, why do you dress that way? Well, let me tell you what God did in my heart based on this verse. That'll work. We say, well, my preacher said it at some point. I think I remember hearing him say that. That ain't going to help you. Get in the Word of God and get grounded on these convictions in the Word of God. And then you don't have to apologize to anybody for anything. See, if I got Scripture for I don't got to apologize for nothing. I can say, look, it ain't my standard. It's what I found in the Word of God said. Right? Now, who's mad? Raise your hand. I tried hard. Don't, Nathan, don't look around. <laughs> oh, Brother Jones is mad. <laughs> no. Hey, it's all right. These matters, you got to deal with them. You got to talk about it. I mean, uh, just pretending like ain't nothing to it. It, it. it is important, isn't it? It's important how you dress. And uh, so my exhortation to you is just get in the Word of God and find out how to please the Lord. And I promise you we'll come to pretty similar conclusions. Maybe differ here and there. 
Some people see in there, you know, various things that I may not see in smaller matters. But at the end of the day, if we'll both get in the Word and earnestly open our heart and seek to get answers from the Bible, I think we'll, we'll arrive at closely to the same answer when it comes to these matters. Now, it had nothing to do with anything now. But I guess the Lord, you know, we just got to talk about this stuff. And so... Uh, let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not right to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation upon the form of a servant, was made likeness of men, being found as a fashion of a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also highly exalted him, and given him a name, which is above every name. Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 10, that every, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Let me, let me move on through this, since we've been, I think I got down to uh, verse number 16 is where I'm wanting to go. Let's start in verse 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless. So, uh, it's good for us preachers. It's good for deacons. It's good uh, for those that uh, want to be involved and have an office in the church. If you want to be blameless, you cannot be blameless in verse 15 with murmurings and disputings in verse 14. Do you see the two connected? Has anybody read those verses? They talk about that a man of God first must be blameless. And I've always wondered what that was. You know, Paul said, as to touching the law, what did he say? Blameless. And I've always kind of wondered what that means. Well, here's a verse that it's not just how you've treated God. It's not just in the commandments of you sinning against God. It's you sinning against your brother. In murmurings and disputings, it means you're not blameless. So if you want to be blameless, you can't have murmurings and disputings. That's what the Bible said now, not me. That you may be harmless as well, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I may not have run in vain, neither labored in vain. Look at verse 17. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. He's showing that same mind, isn't he? So now let me, let me finish this and we'll go home tonight because I, I got off on that other stuff and didn't get to where I wanted to go, but... Let me finish reading this. So remember he said we all have a special interest to everyone's spiritual interest to everyone in the church. Each of us are entrusted with a portion of the honor of the whole. And we therefore are to promote in every way possible the welfare of every other member. To some degree, as you've seen things transpire in our day, this is almost laughable. But churches used to believe this. We still believe this, don't we? I promise you I'm done. But I take this thing serious. I'm done. I know you're tired. I promise I'm done with this right here. Listen here. We therefore are to promote in every way possible the welfare of every other member. Amen. If you, see I don't think, I don't think you just come to church to get what you can get out of it and go home. I don't believe that. I believe when you, when, and this is why it's important, you know, we talked about church membership there a while back. It's a very important decision. It's not something uh, you think flippantly. That's why you, me and you talk about, and you take it serious. It's a serious thing. You know why? Because you, when you, when, it's like almost like a marriage, in my opinion. I believe God marries you to that thing. And you're taking upon yourself the, the uh, responsibility to promote in every way possible the welfare of everybody else. You're becoming part of that body. Y'all believe that? Everybody okay? If they go astray, we admonish 
and entreat. If they are in error, we instruct them. If they are in trouble, we are to aid them. Every member of the church has a claim on the sympathy of his brethren and should be certain of always finding it when his circumstances are such as to demand it. Now that helps me. We'll come back and have to pick back up here because I've gone too long tonight. And we'll pick back this thing back up because I've got several more verses I want to look at. But I think some people in our day, we have forgotten the importance of the community. Can I say that? The church. When, you, when, you, when, you, when you're involved in a church, don't get this mindset of me, my four. We're all responsible for each other. I'm responsible for your well-being as a pastor, obviously. But you're responsible. Watch out for him. Young people, I'm done with this right here. You, you see one of them going down a road they shouldn't go? You're responsible to get in front of them and say, don't do that. Y'all rebuke them. Paul got up in front of Peter and rebuked him to the face because he was to be blamed for how he's treating people. He hurt people. That's what his problem was. He hurt them Gentiles. And uh, Taylor... Your responsibility, Keely, watch out for her. Don't let her get Keely. You watch out for Taylor and don't let her do things she shouldn't do. And we ought to all watch out for each other like that. Now, what happens to us when we get so cold and so indifferent and this argument and that argument and this group and that clique and we all group up. And when we do that and we forget that we are, and it's okay certain ones group up together. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying don't do that at the expense of everybody else. Because we got an interest not just in the ones you like in here. You've got an interest to the ones that you're bound to love by the love of God. All of us have preferences. See, my personality is so great, everybody in here loves me. It's probably to a stretch true in here. It would have been funnier if I'd have said everybody loves me. I guess it would have been funnier. I'm just kidding. There's, there's all kinds of preferences in, in personalities and people get along together. But here's what I'm saying. If you're not careful, when you get in your little group, you'll forget. And that'll be at the expense of everybody else. And it's hurtful when people come in and they want to find a place where they can, feel, they can feel that sense of togetherness and unity. They, people want that. They want that in a church. And, and when they come in and they feel like they're on the outside and they can't never get in. That's hurtful in people, isn't it? And uh, I don't see any of that. I'm just, I'm just warning, okay? Uh, because that's good. And so what we got to do is open up to everybody and try to involve anybody and try to invite everybody and try to, hey, this is all about, we're none, no big eyes and little U's. It's all of us working together to try to aid each other, isn't it? I want to see the best for you and you want to see the best for me and, and uh, we can't do that. Uh, that's quite the opposite of what was going on in Proverbs. And, and, and that, that is sowing unity. That discord that's unraveling that cord, uh, this, this is sowing it up. This is, this is shoring it up. This is get, reaching out to others. You know what he said? I'm done. We're done. Stand to your feet. Um, but um, you know that verse, Brother Reed, come on, we'll do, a, we'll do one. But he said, look not on the things, uh, just a man of his own things, but things on others. Here's sometimes what has to happen. Sometimes you have to be the one to go to them. I have found a lot of people, they are too embarrassed or they don't want to bother you or they don't want to. And uh, we ought to notice in them uh, that they need us and we ought to be looking upon them and say, you know what, are you okay? Something look, you look like something's wrong with you. Anybody ever done that? And you, sometimes you're wrong. And they're, oh, no, I'm tired. But that's good that you care enough to be, to be interested enough in other people. 
Look, look on their thing. Sometimes you've got to be the one to go to them. They may not come to you. So this thing is, uh, this thing is uh, a unit, a, 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 a corporate. This, this is all of us coming together, that, that thing. It's not just one man, right? So Lord, help us to uh, not get so selfish. I, it's so easy to do, Lord, any of us. We get in our own little world and our own little problems and our own little, and we forget often that we are responsible for our brothers and sisters to love them, care for them, to aid in their progress. So help us to do that. Help us never to do anything that would cause them to stumble. Nothing that would cause another brother, that we would cause them uh, their Christian progress, that we would stunt that growth. Help me to get over my little things that I have in my mind and all of us to where we can look at each other in, in love and care, wanting to see all of us progress and grow in Christ. We love you. Uh, help us tonight to be in here lost especially. Pray for them that they would, uh, Lord, hear from heaven and come and respond to the Holy Spirit. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You have one verse if you need to come.